0: help but thinking, you know, Jesus died. for This first hour on the cross he's passed. He's now begun the second hour on the cross. He died knowing that you were a sinner, that his blood alone would lead to your redemption for the removal of that sin. But he died knowing that you would sin again, that you would stumble and bumble and be stupid and get stuck and stupid and get stubborn and stupid. And, <laughs> and may not even choose to be delivered. <laughs> or who knows, could spend years stuck in stupid. Yeah. Yet, he went to the cross so that when you cried out, Jesus, the power of that blood, the cleansing of that blood would arrive for you. Yeah. So it's the second hour on the cross right now. Hmm. We're going to be talking about, oddly enough, (laughs) appropriately so, the second matzah, which is Jesus, the son. So as we look at his second hour, we're going to look at his, the second matzah, the middle matzah represents the son, Yeshua, Jesus. Now, as I've often said, so many ironies with the rabbis, they're just, uh, (laughs) how they miss it, I, I don't know, except that being stupid myself i, I go up oh, there you go it's, <laughs> it's a natural so rabbis have an interesting code for matzo. it must be without leaven obviously well jesus was found blameless it must have stripes and jesus was whipped and striped it must be pierced jesus was pierced in fact <laughs> i say 53 if you listen to rabbis They'll tell you it's talking about Israel, not the Messiah, which is funny on its own front. But listen to the verse. When he was pierced for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. So obviously, not talking about Israel the nation. But as if that's not enough, Zechariah 12, they will look on me whom they pierced and they know that this is verse is they agree that it's about the Messiah but if you ask so at what point did Israel pierce God when did that happen hmm. they will look on me whom they pierced yes they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son while well, they continue to deny that there is such a thing as the Trinity and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn I mean Zechariah 12 is screaming out <laughs> Jesus, Yeshua. So this middle matzah is 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 used very early in a Passover service, right after the washing of hands. In fact, the middle matzah is removed and it's broken. The larger piece is wrapped in the white cloth and it's hidden. It's called the afikomen. And it is our 13th crossword. Afikomen, I know. You're going to think, how in the world? It's a Greek word. It's <laughs> uh. a a f i. K o m e n, Afikomen. A f i k o m e n. Now these crosswords are words relating to Passover that he used to point us to the cross, and obviously, even even since I guess you didn't uh, didn't go far in Greek either. No, big, no, I did not. I'm not a big Greek fan either. But it's and, all Greek to me. It's so, all Greek. You know. And this is one of the most profound of all of the crosswords. So. It's hidden. It's wrapped in the cloth and it's taken away and hidden. Later, the youngest person at the Seder searches and brings it back to the table. The one who finds it receives a great reward. Because finding Jesus is a great reward. Now, mind you, the Jews are very focused on the Afikoman. It's the only Greek word in the Seder. It's because the Seder service was really structured and planned. There was nothing ever written down in their, in their oral law. So they had it written down, but they wrote it down in the first century. And they even used the Last Supper as part of the basis for understanding to make sure it was right. But they think "Aphikomen" means he is coming, as in Isaiah 40, prepare the way for Jehovah, make straight paths for him. And it was also the words of John the Baptist. So it is a compelling type and shadow of Christ. And here's why. First, we take this piece back out of the cloth. You find it and you bring it back. You single out this piece because Jesus was foreordained to die for us and left heaven for that very reason. We break it because he was broken for us. We hide it in the white cloth because he was buried with our sin. We bring the afikoman out later and remove the cloth because he rose again and as you read the scriptures, he left behind his white burial garments. We do this before the third cup of wine because he was three days in the grave. And we will eat it because you must accept Jesus into your life Mm. to be saved. The Passover lamb was the first sacrifice ever they were told to eat. That'll preach, I'm telling you. I mean, (laughs) once the Afikoman is found, it's broken, and a piece is handed out to everyone. You know, at the Last Supper, this is when Jesus said... Go, go figure. Okay, <laughs> took bread, and when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. Ironically, the Jews who still reject Yeshua as their Messiah still have come to honor and remember the Pesach that's not on the Seder plate by eating the afikoman in its stead. So it's like you could not get closer to the truth and still miss it. But somehow. But somehow. Mm. All right, the bottom matzah obviously represents the Holy Spirit. The top, the Father, the middle, the Son, the bottom, the Holy Spirit. Now, this matzah, wow, it had a very significant role at the Last Supper. And we know it because of how it's used. The bottom matzah is used by Jesus in John 13. It says this, this is to fulfill the passage of Scripture. He who shared my bread has turned against me. And he said this, one of you is going to betray me. Well, when Peter and John quietly asked who it was, Jesus answered, It's the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. No, notice he's dipping and then giving. So you're thinking, why would you give away bread? Why are you, why are you giving away your food here? It's your food. It's your plate. Eat your feed." No, this is a very special piece. Then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him and then he went out. And once again, this is just a reminder, I hate that we've they won't translate the Bible correctly and put it they 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 Greek it up and they take away part of the message and Judas is the name Judah. Right is the Jews. It's the tribe of Judah. And so even in this one portion right here in this moment, you should get that he's saying, You as the Jewish people, you're going to betray me. And uh, yeah. and yet, I'm going to wash your feet. I'm going to give you this opportunity. And there's this hand is still out and will always be out to his Jewish people until the end of time. Now, as they say, as soon as Jesus took the bread, Satan entered into him and he went out. And that's important. The bottom matzah is broken and handed out. And it's used by each person to make what's called the sop. Two ways to make a sop. <laughs> you can put lamb onto a piece of matzah, and you can dip it into the bitter herbs and the sweet haroset. That's one way, which is how they did it at the Last Supper. Or, the more common way nowadays, you put lamb and haroset and bitter herbs between on a piece, and you put another cracker on top of it. So it's it's a sandwich, basically, mm-hmm. right? But it's not for you. You don't eat it. You give it away. The sop expresses your heart towards the one you choose you can make it either more bitter or extra sweet, and it carries that as a message, right? <laughs> so the sop is a picture of our lives. There's the meat and the bread of life which sustains us and the bitter and the sweet that shapes us. To give it to someone is saying, I accept you bitter and sweet for better and worse. Sounds familiar. You give your sop to a close friend or family member, and they're usually sitting beside you because of that relationship. right? And that's why John could lean on to Jesus and ask him who the traitor was. Now, here's the thing that really stands out. Jesus gives his sop to Judas, knowing his heart filled with betrayal, not love or friendship. Normally, the sop would have been given to one of his closest friends, which would have been Peter, James, or John, right. And they had three Passovers. And so, you know this was uh, I guess the third or fourth. So they this would have been their opportunity, and instead he gives it to Judas. Herosit, interestingly enough, represents the bondage of slavery. It was clear. Judas's heart was fully in bondage to sin, so Jesus told him, what you're about to do, too quickly. So the lesson of the Bada which is the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit filled us, he enabled us to love and to walk in his many gifts. Just as we add several ingredients to create the SOP, God brings others into our life with their words and their actions that both bless and hurt us. Jesus was a friend, not an accuser. The SOP teaches us to ask for grace and to learn to love and to extend grace and to forgive. So it is, I think, just a a beautiful part of the Seder. One parts that I absolutely love. So we're going to come to the last part of the Seder plate. Only got a couple more things to talk to you about here, and we're going to look at the cup.